Are we recording right now? Yeah. Oh my God, fun. Okay. This voice is Hannah. And this voice is Marissa. Also, would probably am, is, are turned on by it. Hearts or Housekeep? Yeah. Of course. Doesn't actually no. make a ton of sense. No. What are you doing? Are you talking to yourself? <gasps> oh my God, I already hate this story. You know what? I'm okay with that. Because I just thought you could like bleed suddenly yeah. at any good moment. <laughs> my erotic fan fiction isn't fucking interesting enough for you. Hello, you're listening to the Tell Us More podcast. I don't know what we're doing for Halloween, but I don't know. We'll find something. We'll find something because I need to I wanna like go out, dress up and go out. Let's find like a thing. Yeah. If nobody has a party, we'll find like a thing. And I'm willing to have people over, you know I'm just get really anxious about having people because I well, assume no one's gonna come. And we'll pop a Xanax and we'll have a party. That's so 1940s jaded starlet of me to pop a Xan. Right? Yeah. Did they have Xanax addictions in 1940? I'm sure they did. Anybody, want... all of my friends, PSA, if I had a Halloween party, would you come? Take an Instagram poll. Okay. <laughs> it's all gonna, nobody's gonna, everybody's gonna view it, but no one's gonna vote. That's what's gonna happen. And then my self-esteem is even lower than it was before. I will vote. And you will come, and it'll be me It'll be a hundred percent. It'll be me In my basement with it. Xanax. Xanax. Xanny, little Xan. Little Xan. Fucking, what? I still don't understand what little Xan is. Like, I know he's a rapper, but for some reason. Is I, he though? I've never heard any is of his. <laughs> I don't know what he Those is. Those kids these days. How you know, old is he, like 14? I don't know. He's dating that Noah Cyrus. No, and he broke up. He urinated okay. on the plank. Yes. I saw that. And that's just such like, a teen way to break up. Like, she cheated on me because she took a picture with another guy. Wasn't it photoshopped? Well, so what happened was... Oh what God, I'm, <laughs> I'm so ashamed for having this information no, you know. to share. Do it. But apparently she sent him a meme of Charlie Puth, but it was like... A naked guy with his photo, with his face photoshopped onto it. And he was like, what? With Lil Xan's face or? Charlie Puth's face. So she sent what looked like Charlie Puth dick pics to Lil Xan. Right. And he was like, what the fuck? Why would you send this to me? And she was like, it's a joke. Oh my God. I'm just and being Noah. I'm just, be, I'm just being Noah. And then he <laughs> was like. My sister. My sister. And then they like broke up and everybody was like, oh my God, they broke up over this meme. And then he was like, LOL, if you think I actually broke up with her over a meme, I broke up with her because she cheated. And she was like, I didn't cheat. I just took a picture with another guy. And he was like, you had your arm around him. Yeah. And then I Literally, guess. Literally, are they 13? They're, I'm sure they're not 18 yet. I'm sure they're under 18. And then <clears throat> she was like, you had a hickey on your neck. I saw you when we FaceTimed. So it's like. Such a teenager way to break up. The drama. What a public teenage way to break up. Why are you letting it stress you out? You're 25. I know. I'm going to be 26 in two months. Big old two. The big two six. I'm closer to 30 (laughs) than I am to 20 and I want to die. You're 30, flirty, and thriving. Did you learn nothing from 13 going on 30? No. We must have a, a review. We must. Because then we end up with Mark Ruffalo in the end. Because you just have to be 13 for a while. I love... Mark Ruffalo, and if I could end up with either Mark Ruffalo or think, Paul Rudd. I think the actual um, point of that movie is, like, that 30 is not that great. No, the actual point is you'll end up with Mark Ruffalo if you hit your head and, ha- and lock yourself in a closet. But only if his name is Maddie and he used to be Chunky and you're Jennifer Garner. <laughs> <laughs> I want Mark Ruffalo. Wait, so you like Mark Ruffalo and... Paul Rudd. So you like Ant-Man and the Hulk. Yeah, but I also like Jason Bateman, and I don't think he's a... Jason Bateman is Arrested Development. Yeah, 
He owns the frozen banana stand. That is his superhero. There's always money there. He keeps that family afloat. Sort of. Banana float. Afloat <laughs> banana sink. Well, on that note, how do you feel about Michael Stara? Is he okay? He, he makes me laugh because my friend Johnny's like for is for some reason is sexually attracted to Michael Sarah. Johnny's. Johnny's. He's like teeny and hot and adorable. Yeah. She Michael Sarah is, is her thing. Sexually attracted to Michael Sarah. I'm not trying to Sarah. shame the Sarah fans, but but I mean, and somebody needs to be sexually attracted to Michael Sarah. Uh, yeah, maybe they will meet and be in love. See? But so yeah, no, Michael Michael Sarah brings me joy because of Johnny's strange attraction to him. I love it. Yeah, I don't have any strong feelings on Michael Sarah. Neither. He just kind of reminds me of Macaulay Culkin. <laughs> he looks like a dinosaur. Yeah. His chin gradually receded. Did you ever watch what was that movie with him in it? A lot of them. <laughs> Super bad, Juno. Um, um, fucking the end of the. It, this is the end where he gets a beach. No, where there's like he's got lot. There's like a lot of X's. Someone Nick saves the world. Infinite playlist. No. Scott Pilgrim. Scott Pilgrim. That's no. the one. I'm trying to go I, actually for. I actually didn't see that one. It's a little weird, but I. It was good. But I like him in that movie. I could mm-hmm. see the sexual, like the cute nerdy kid. Okay. But like, also. Kieran Culkin is in that. Kieran McCulkin. Kieran Culkin? Macaulay Culkin. Kieran Culkin. Okay. Macaulay Culkin's little brother. Okay. That sounds like a really hard name to say, and I feel like the, the parents really did a disservice there. Their names are Macaulay mm-hmm. and Kieran. Dumb. Culkin. Just dumb. I wonder if they have other siblings. Probably. I actually think they do. Did you know that Macaulay Culkin is still going strong with Brenda Song? Didn't mean to rhyme that. It just happened. I did not know that they were together. Brenda Song of... The Sweet Life. Sweet Life of Zach and Cody fame. Wow. Good for them. I hope they're happy. Right? They yeah. look happy as shit. I hope he's off drugs. Yeah. Well, there you go. Welcome to Hi. the podcast. <laughs> it's season two, episode four, movie recommendation hour. Hour. Where we just talk about... Michael Sarah movies. Oh, and yeah. Then... I forgot we were talking about him first. <laughs> I guess I just really wanted to talk about Macaulay Culkin. Yeah. Clearly, you're a fangirl for Macaulay Culkin. I just love that he and Brenda Song are in love. I didn't know that, but I love I, love. I I also love love. I also love a recovered drug addict. Me too. That has found love with the Disney Channel starlet. Yes, I love it. I'm sorry. Describe my perfect life. <laughs> I'm sorry that I want to date a recovering drug addict, and I want to be, be a Disney, Disney socialite or a Disney starlet. A Disney socialite. I'm a socialite. I used to love when the Disney stars did like covers of all the Disney, like Jesse McCartney did um, the one from Pino- When You Wish Upon a Star. My 12-year-old heart went a pitter-patter. You needed some percussus? Percussion. Percussion. Some hysterical paroxysm? Paroxysm. Hysterical paroxysm because of Jesse McCartney. I loved Jesse McCartney. Yeah. I cried when he, when Kirsten told me that he was going on tour with New Kids on the Block, which meant I got to see (gasps) he was opening for New Kids on the Block. I cried. Real tears. This is 15 or older. Because I only started going to New Kids shows when I was 15, so I had to be 15 or older. 15, okay, 18, okay, last night. It was two days ago, okay? okay? you guys, fine, <laughs> fine, fine, if we want to get technical. Okay. Speaking of, um, I'm going first this week. Yes. Speaking of excellent musical Ooh. talents. Here we go. Are you ready? I am. Alfred Matthew Yankovic. <laughs> yes, I yes. Is it Yankovic or Yankovic? I think it's Yankovic. Okay, that's how I'm going to... I just wanted to figure out at the beginning how to fucking say his name, because I say his name a lot. 
Alfred Matthew Yankovic, also known as Weird, Weird Al. Al. I'm so excited. Uh, was born October 23rd, 1959. Yes. Born in Downey, California. He was told often as a child by his father that the key to success is doing for a living whatever makes you happy. Well, so that was his dad's philosophy. Maybe not monetary success, but happiness for sure. You're just gonna immediately shit on the success. The, the clearly the, he is the happy success. Clearly he's <laughs> this successful. This is just a man in Yugos- from Yugoslavia who wanted to tell his child yep. that all you had to do was be happy, and you're immediately like, you're not gonna make any money. Weird Al made money, but everybody else clearly. be do what makes you happy. Do what makes you happy, and you'll never work a day in your life. Um, yeah, that's essentially what he was saying. Um, key to success. Uh, oh! Al's first accordion lesson was the day before his sixth birthday. Yeah. A traveling salesman was going through their neighborhood. Five, four, and, and 364 days. Thank you. Yeah, you're correct. Uh, traveling salesman was going through the neighborhood and he offered Al's parents the choice of guitar or accordion lessons from, uh, the local music school. And clearly accordion. That really spoke to some people. Was the correct choice. Yes. <laughs> um, Al has been quoted as saying his parents chose accordion because they thought it would revolutionize rock. Mm-hmm. They were <laughs> correct. Uh, growing up Yankovic was a bit, Yankovic. I always want to say Yankovic. I mean, I could be wrong. I, don't know. I just think it's Yankovic. I think it is, too. Uh, Yankovic, I'm just going to say Weird Al. Please. Weird Al was a big fan of Elton John. Uh, he claims that Elton John's Goodbye Yellow Brick Road album was how he learned to play rock and roll on the accordion. <laughs> rock on my accordion, you guys. Um, at this point, I went up and looked up Weird Al videos because I literally didn't realize that he played the accordion. <laughs> and then I fell down... A weird hole of Weird Al. Weird Al videos. So I've watched like many Weird Al videos today. Lucia's met Weird Al. Weird Al. Shut <laughs> yeah. up. At LAX. Random. We're just like at the airport chilling. Oh my god. Does she have a picture with it? I believe so, yes. We'll have to post it. We'll um, post she doesn't get a choice. <laughs> we have to, so sorry. Um, okay, so Weird Al, when he was going to school, he went to kindergarten a year older or a year earlier than most children, and he skipped second grade. So he was like two years above a everyone. Genius. Two years below. Two, he was older than everyone. Parents, that's what the accordion. He was younger than everyone. <laughs> that's what the accordion gets you is your children skipping grades. Hell yeah, choose that accordion over the fucking guitar lesson. Everybody can play guitar. Accordion versus guitar, always go accordion. Always. It was clearly the per- correct choice. Full-blown accordion. Um, he was quoted as saying that his classmates seemed to think he was some kind of rocket scientist, so he was labeled a nerd early on. So, like, because he skipped second grade and was at kindergarten a year earlier than most kids. So Yeah. In high school, he was not interested in sports or social events at school. He was in speech. He was in the yearbook, which he wrote most of the captions for in the yearbook. I would kill to own a copy of that. He uh, was also a member of the Volcano... What the fuck? The Volcano... Yes. Worshippers Club. Oh. Which, this is a quote from him, did absolutely nothing. We just started the club to get an extra picture of ourselves in the yearbook. (laughs) I... You know what? <coughs> yes. I felt like that was a very me thing. I, I would totally start a club. <coughs> just Are to you get extra. I might be. Am I? Who knows? Um, I'm not, unfortunately. 
He graduated as valedictorian from high school and went on to earn his bachelor's degree in architecture. Okay. Just a cool random fact. So now we have to talk about Dr. Demento. So he, Dr. Demento's real name is Barrett Eugene Hansen. He was an American radio broadcaster and record collector specializing in novelty songs, comedy, and strange or unusual recordings. Yeah. Dr. Demento was his alter ego. He was born in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Hell yeah! Okay, you I know, I love, I love Minnesota. I, I love, love people from Minnesota. Right. So Dr. Demento was from Minnesota originally, which I thought was fun. Um, Hanson created the Demento persona while working at a Los Angeles radio station. Demento played offbeat novelties included in his rock oldies show until eventually the like novelty songs became like everybody's favorite and his entire show just became playing like these parodies, these like funny, weird offbeat songs. Yeah, a smart guy. Hell yeah. So the radio show, radio show normally started with an hour of randomly chosen records and listeners. Oh, sorry. Listeners requests. Uh, the second hour was normally mostly devoted to specific themes, so cars, sports, pets, romance, movies, etc., with a final segment taken up by the Funny Five countdown of the most requested songs. There were also shows devoted to holidays and seasonal events, most important being Halloween and Christmas shows. Um, basically, with a large number of novelty records during, like, that were holiday-inspired, made these, like, holiday shows that he would have, these, like, radio shows okay. during the holiday would be, like, insanely popular. Oh, nice. So basically, that, that was Demento's show, was to play Dr. Demento's, like, hour-long, or whatever. His whole radio show was this, like, breaking down of all these themes, and then they would have, like, Christmas shows and shit like that. Ooh. I feel like Dr. Demento is, like, an entirely other person we could go into, but... Yeah, probably. Maybe you should do him next. Um, so, Dr. Demento showed... Or his show, Dr. Demento's show, is how Yankovic got his first exposure. Um... Dr. Demento had spoken at Weird Al's school when Weird Al was 16, and he had given Demento a homemade tape of an original and parody songs performed on the accordion recorded in his bedroom. Yes. Um, Dream big. Right? So the first song was called Belvedere Cruisin', which was about his family, family's Plymouth Belvedere, and Demento played it on his show, which essentially launched Yankovic. At 16. In college, Weird Al was a DJ at his university's radio, radio station, and he said that he had originally been dubbed Weird Al by fellow students, and he took it on professionally as his persona at the take station. Take it back. So like, that's where he got it. Yes, yeah, so that's where he got his name. Uh, shortly before his senior year of college, My Sharona by The Knack was hitting the charts, and Yankovic took his accordion and recorded a parody <laughs> called My Bologna. <laughs> Bologna. My Bologna. Yeah. I love that. Which I did not pronounce it that way, so I it's very hard for me to say Bologna, even though it's bologna. <laughs> bologna. Um, also I love my Sharona. My Sharona. But Ben Kozrowski's mom is named Jeannie. Changed it to my Corona? No. Something sexual. My no, I don't remember what it was. I need to text Ben. I will come. We will come back to that. Okay, so my Sharona's hitting the charts. Everybody loves it. Weird Al's like, hey, I'm gonna make this my Bologna or whatever. I didn't listen to that song. I should have probably. But um, the lead singer of the Knack later said that he liked the song so much that he suggested to Capitol Records Vice President Rupert Perry that they release Weird Al's song as a single. So the label gave Weird Al a six-month recording contract. Right, so like the lead singer of the knack was like, this is funny as fuck. I love a good sense of humor. Right. Um, What's something that boys have? 
A penis. My gonads, testicles. My prostate. My Sharona. My Head okay. of my penis. <laughs> my head of my penis. <laughs> my scrotum. Oh, there it That's is. That's what it is. There it is. Literally, I played this. I played my Shrona at the cabin, and I was like, I love this song. Like, everybody loves this song, right? It's like an oldie. And then all of a sudden, Jeannie starts up with, my scrotum. And I was like, okay, now it's ruined. <laughs> Forever. <laughs> yeah, um, I love it. 1981, he went on tour with Dr. Demento's stage show. He caught the eye of manager Jay Levy, who discussed the idea of creating a full band for him, uh, which Weird Al was like, okay, yeah, I guess. And then basically he got a bassist and a drummer that was one of his friends that was already drumming on his like accordion case. And then he got like an actual drummer. So now he's like a band. Yeah, he's a thing. Um, I Love Rocky Road was the parody of I Love Rock and Roll. I love. Exactly. Hit the top 40 radio, which led him to sign with the Scotty Brothers Records. The song Ricky was released as a single and broke the top 100 videos on MTV at the time. So Yankovic took this as a sign that his career was in music and he quit his job as a mailroom clerk to pursue yeah, music full time. Yeah, we're uh, the mid-19... Oh, in mid-1987, he went on tour as the opening act for the Monkees, which my mom loves the Monkees. And what I thought it was interesting. This? 1987. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, 1998, on January 24th, Yankovic had LASIK, um, which then his 1999 album, Running with Scissors, debuted, and he unveiled a dramatically changed look. So Uh he had shed his glasses and shaved off his mustache and outgrown his hair. So if you look at old pictures of Weird Al, he had, like, this very, like, 70s hair and, like, these huge glasses and this mustache. And now the Weird Al that we know is this long-haired, creepy-looking, skinny dude. Was he hot before? Is that what you're saying? No, I'm not saying that at all. He just had a mustache and some 70s hair before. (laughs) But uh, this article made it, like, seem like he literally, it was, like, super dramatic that he came out with this, like, new look. Um, And he quoted, if Madonna is allowed to reinvent herself every 15 minutes, I should be good for a change at least once every 20 years. Oh, you know what? So I also have that same train of thought. Yes. Um, 2011. Uh, he reported an interest in rep- er, in parroting Lady Gaga's material. April 20th, he announced he had written and recorded a parody of Born This Way, titled Perform This Way, to be the lead single for his new album. However, upon first submitting it to Lady Gaga's manager for approval, um, which Weird Al does with all of his songs, so all the artists that he parodies have approved it. Which means Chameleonaire was totally fine with white and nerdy. Fuck yes. Fuck yes, um, Okay, so he wanted to parody Born This Way. Um, however, he was not given permission to release it commercially. So as he had done previously under similar circumstances. Okay, so I don't know necessarily about the Chameleonaire one, but if he doesn't get permission from the artist to like release it, release it, he just releases it for free. So um, I feel like I might have Bought white and nerdy in seventh grade. So the thing is, so as he had previously done under similar circumstances with his parody of James Blunt, You're Beautiful, which was tired, titled You're Pitiful, uh, so James Blunt also did not give him permission. James Blunt, anything he, you are. He then released the song for free on the internet. So soon afterwards, Gaga's manager admitted that she, he had denied the parody of his own accord without even forwarding the song on to his client. And upon seeing it online, Lady Gaga granted permission for the parody. 
And so Lady Gaga saw it and was like, no, that's awesome. That's yeah. hilarious. I would so, be pissed if my manager didn't tell right. me. I'd be like, I love making fun of myself. Like, it's fine. Right. So Gaga approved it. And then Weird Al. So Gaga approved it. And then Weird Al stated that all of the proceeds from the parody and its music video would be donated to the human rights campaign to support yeah. the human rights themes of the original song. Fuck yeah. So once Gaga was like, yeah, that's totally fine. Make money off of it. He was like, cool, I'm going to take this money and I'm going to donate it to the human rights campaign. That makes me want to cry. I right. love good people. It's awesome. So um, I did just want to, I put in here that he's married to Suzanne Krajewski since 2001 and they have one daughter together who's 15. Imagine mm. being 15 and your dad yeah, is weird Al. <laughs> If I was 15 and my dad was Weird Al, I'd be super happy about right. it, but not, I feel like... But, like, when you're actually 15, you're like, God, fuck no, you, Dad. Like, weird. Dad, can you just, like, not? Um, dad, can you just He not? abstains from alcohol, tobacco, drugs, and profanity, so we would not get along. Right. Probably. <laughs> he abstains from profanity, but he's Weird Al. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, under the fair use provision of the U.S. copyright law... Blah, blah, blah. Artists such as Yankovic do not need permission to record a parody. However, as a personal rule and a means of maintaining good relationships, he has always sought permission from the original artist before commercially releasing the songs. So, oh, I love that. What a great guy. He said, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. I want to be. I don't want to be embroiled in any nastiness. That's not how I live my life. I'd like everybody to be in on the joke and be happy for my success. I take pains not to burn bridges. So, communications are typically handled by the managers, but at times, Yankovic has asked the artist directly, such as flying to Denver, Colorado, to attend an Iggy Azalea concert to parody her, or to ask her personally about parodying her song Fancy, which he claims only about 23% of the artists he approaches for permission deny his request. So, he flew out to Colorado to ask Iggy about parodying Fancy. Did she say yes or she no? Yeah, because it's, um... He, He's Weird Al. Like, at this point, if Weird no, Al... That's, yeah. Right. It's good. So, so many of these, many of those that are parodied by Weird Al have considered this a rite of passage to show that their band has made it in the music industry. Uh, Michael Jackson was a big fan of Weird Al. He claimed, um, or Weird Al claimed that Jackson had always been... It. He did very, yeah. very supportive of his work. Jackson twice allowed him to parody his songs Beat It and Bad that became Eat It and Fat, respectively. Um, when Jackson granted... Weird Al permission to do fat. He allowed him to use the same set built for his own batter video from the Moonwalker film. So he was like, yeah, fucking do it on the same set. It's cool. I love that. Uh, so Weird Al said that Jackson's support helped to gain approval from other artists that he wanted to parody as well. So then Dave Grohl of Nirvana said that the band felt like they had finally made it after uh, Weird Al recorded Smells Like Nirvana, a parody of the grunge's band smash hit Smells Like Teen Spirit. Um, yeah, Weird Al stated that when he called Nirvana frontman Kurt Cobain, so like Weird Al just like called, hey, Kurt Cobain, Kurt Cobain it's, me, it's me, Weird Al. Um, normal conversation. He asked if he could parody the song. Cobain gave him permission, then paused and asked, um, it's not going to be about food, is it? And Yankovic responded with, no, it'll be about how no one can understand your lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> According to members of Nirvana interviewed for Behind the Music, when they saw the video of, they saw, of the song, they laughed hysterically. And additionally, Cobain described Yankovic as a musical genius. Um, just last month, Weird Al received his star on the Hollywood Walk yes, of Fame. Yeah, about time. Um, and then this is the quote that I'm going to end it on because it's just, I, I love him. Um, he said, I kind of feel like this is him talking about his star on the Walk yeah. of Fame. 
I kind of feel like this is maybe my one real shot at immortality because I know now my name is basically going to be here until the end of civilization, which let's face it, is probably like three or four months away. <laughs> I love Weird Al. I, I love that he genuinely wants approval from people because I feel like if I were in his position, I would also want the artist approval. I'd feel right. guilty. You're not trying to make fun of anybody. Right. Like, just because it's legal doesn't mean... Well, Chameleon Art, did you read the one thing about how it was going around when he got his walk, or his star on the Walk of Fame, it was going around that Chameleon Art said he didn't think that Ride and Dirty would have been as successful as it was like if Weird Al Dirty. hadn't done White and Dirty. Oh, I want Chameleon Air to have success. <laughs> I want Chameleon Air to come back. I think he's okay. No, <laughs> is he not? Have you heard about him in the last couple no, of years? No, maybe he's Since just seventh like grade? opening up a... Maybe he's got a family. He's a family man. Door-to-door salesman. <laughs> door-to-door salesman. Right and dirty. Uh, no, I just... I, I heard a story that made me really sad. Um, apparently Michael Jordan's just like a huge asshole. Like that's just like a thing. He's just a piece okay. of shit. I mean, he's Michael Jordan. Right. Um, not an excuse in my book. I don't care who you are, but I get it. Um, no, I'm just like not shocked. I right. Feel like most people are assholes. Right. And I guess like Chameleon Air was just like a huge Michael Jordan fan. And he met him at a party once and asked him to sign a jersey. And he was like, who the fuck are you? No, get the fuck away. Oh and it just like, that really like broke my heart. So I feel like Chameleon Air didn't deserve that. Because what a great name, Chameleon Air. I assume it's a combination of Chameleon and Millionaire. Uh, I would also assume that, yeah. That's so great. I love a good word pun. I do too. I just Googled, um, I just Googled Chameleon Air Weird Al because I was just curious if I could find the actual quote. Um, it says, he's a huge fan of Weird Al. He couldn't wait to proudly feature White and Nerdy on his own MySpace page. <laughs> Yeah, see? I don't think Chameleon Air is doing much. Um, he's actually rapping pretty good on it. It's crazy. He's Grammy-nominated, man. He goes platinum. It's really an honor when he does that. I remember when he redid Michael Jackson's Bad. Weird Al is not going to do a parody of your song if you're not doing it big. you got to be a big dog. He shot the video and people will see it pretty soon. It's crazy. But he literally, like, <laughs> talks about how good of a rapper he is. Oh, Chameleon Air. So, yeah. That's Chameleon Air. Chameleon Air. I love, I, I have a song. No, that was Weird Al. Right. I forgot that I was talking about Weird Al and not Chameleon <laughs> Somebody needs to talk about Chameleon Air. Do it, do it. Uh, you're, you're a big fan, apparently. I just have a soft spot. Ever since I heard that Michael Jordan thing, I was like, that's not cool. Or Chameleon Air. I know. I hope he's I not. I guarantee Michael Jordan has heard Ryan Dirty. Yeah. Anyway, okay, wow. I love that you did Weird Al. That's, I love that you did Weird Al. Thank you. Um, so I, I will today tell you. I'm excited. I'm going to tell you all about Martha fucking Stewart. Oh my God. <laughs> We're going to dive into Martha Stewart. Oh, a great combo. A great. Martha, Martha fucking Stewart was born on August 3rd, 1941. Uh, and when she was 10 years old, she would babysit some of the Yankees kids. Don't know how, don't know how her family knew the Yankees. That was just like nonchalantly thrown into the Wikipedia. Wait, like the Yankees of Yankee Candle or like the Yankees (laughs) of like Yankee baseball? Why is the first? (laughs) So when you hear Yankee, you think of Yankees candles. No, I thought of Yankees, but like the baseball team, but you didn't specify like any particular person. I didn't think that I needed to specify. Like the owner of the Yankees? No, like Yogi Berra, like players. 
Like, actual players of the Yankees. Okay, so you, the way you said it made it sound like she was babysitting for a family called the Yankees. Okay. As in the family Yankee of candle. Yankee candle. Wow. When I feel like anytime anybody else in the entire world hears the Yankees, they nope, think of the Nope, if they listen team. to the way you said it, they are going to think that it was the family. <laughs> but I got it. Family of Yankees. At the very family. least, they will think a family named Yankees. I okay. figured it was the Yankee family that, like, bought the Yankees and named them the Yankees or something. I don't know. I got it. We're on baseball. Got it. Okay. <laughs> so she, 10 years old, would would babysit the Yankees baseball players' kids. Like Yankee Yogi Berra. Like Yankee, like Yogi yeah. Berra's kids. Like, that's who she would babysit. I got it now. <laughs> Good. Uh, and then at 15, she started modeling, like, for Chanel, just, like, casually, like, don't yeah, we all? Like, right. I mean, I did that. It's, like, a thing that you do when you're 15. It's not an accomplishment. Uh, her mom is the one that taught her how to cook and sew. She learned the process of canning and preserving from her grandparents, and her dad is the one that taught her how to garden. Wow. So we're growing up with these very formative influences. How, I, clearly. This is what she's made Martha Stewart. Right. This absorbing is Absorbing is what I meant. Mm. Not absolving. Not absolving. This is what made Martha Stewart Martha Stewart. Is just growing up with these processes. Uh, she attended Bernard or Barnard. I don't know. College at, of Columbia University. Originally planned on majoring in, majoring in chemistry. Oh shit! She switched to art. <laughs> mm-hmm. And architectural history. Different. Those are different. Right. And to pay her way through college, she just like did some modeling. For Chanel. Because, like, that's all how we play for, pay for college. Yeah. Is modeling for Chanel. Right. Right. Just because we're so beautiful. Exactly. Just beautiful women. Right. Of the Upper East Side. Where was she born? New York? Uh, Massachusetts. Uh, I don't know mm, New Jersey. <laughs> Somewhere over there. If she's babysitting the Yankees players' kids, yeah. she's probably. Got it. Pretty fucking close. Uh, and Columbia's in New York, too. So, yeah, probably New York. Anyway, <clears throat> this is how she met her husband, Andrew Stewart. Cute. He got a law degree from Yale. Cute. They married in July 1961. Mm-hmm. And then she went back to college after their marriage to graduate with a double major in history and architectural history. Okay. So far, so good. So far, we got a lot of accomplishments. We're building up like, a fun, healthy life. Sounds idyllic. Mm-hmm. And then, in 1967, she became a stockbroker. Normal. Because, don't we all? I don't even know what that is. A model and a stockbroker. Yeah. So she sells, like, stock. Like, she's... Yeah. Totes. Like, Wolf of Wall Street style? Yes. Like, she's in there with Michael... Or with Jonah Hill. If you know anything (laughs) about Martha Stewart and the Wolf of Wall Street, she does get sketchy. I know the fun thing is that you're about to tell me is that I know that things happened. I don't know what she did. I know she went to prison. Oh. I have no idea oh, what we'll she get did. Into that. I'm excited. The Wolf of Wall Street comment is very it's foreshadowing. Got it. So she's a stockbroker and a model. Yeah, because that's a normal combination. <laughs> uh, they moved to Connecticut and they restored a farmhouse from 1805. But this is when Martha's creative creative side really started to shine. Oh, love that. Uh, and then that. That same house was the inspiration for the set when she got, like, her own TV show. Oh. Right. How do you go from being a stockbroker to you're getting your own TV show? We'll get there. Oh, my God. We'll get there. Love I'm not going to leave you in the dark. I'm excited. In 1976, 
She started a catering business in her basement uh, with a friend from her modeling days, Norma Collier. Collier? 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 Norma. Oh, Norma. Uh, The venture quickly became successful, but soared when Collier, or Collier, whoever, alleged that Stuart was difficult, or but soured. I was going to say, it soared? How did it, I thought you were saying like it got sore. Oh, no. I figured Um, it was like a British way of saying that or something. (laughs) Um, Their business basically went downhill once her partner, you know, said that Martha was super difficult to work with. Right, fucking Norma. Uh, Right, and was also taking catering jobs on the side, which I believe, because I feel like I've heard that Martha Stewart is hard to work with before. I feel like I've... Unless you're Snoop Dogg. Right. And you're just high as shit. We will also get to that. Oh my god, I'm so excited. Sorry. The journey. foreshadowing. The journey. I guess I didn't realize you knew so much about Martha Stewart already. I know Martha Stewart, but I don't... That's the thing is I don't know the bad things she did. You know, like, some things, but you don't know, like, the facts behind the things. No. Well, I am here to tell you. I'm just all about Martha and Snoop's whatever it's called. Relationship? (laughs) Fucking party. Party. Martha and Snoop's fucking party. Okay. So, yeah. So, she was difficult to work with. She took catering jobs on the side. And then she eventually just bought Norma's part of the business and was like, I'll just That's what whatever. a business bitch does. Exactly. She is a true business bitch. Takes it over. Um, then she was hired as the manager of a gourmet food store, The Market Basket. Uh, but then after a disagreement with the owners oh uh, at the mini mall, she was forced out and opened her own store. At so clearly, Norma was probably right. Martha is probably hard to work Sucks with. Are aligning. But then she's like, fuck it, I'll open my own store. And then so her husband was the head of a book publishing company and then obviously hired Martha to do the catering for like parties because yep. like you got to be down for your wifey. Support that shit. Support it. Bro. Um, so, and then she met Andrew Merkin, who is the head of Crown Publishing Group, and he was impressed by her talent as a chef and hostess. He later contacted her to develop a cookbook. I love that being, he was impressed by her hostess talent. Exactly. She was just like, take some of these orders. I'm Martha take Stewart. Some, I'm Martha Stewart. I'm Martha Stewart. <laughs> take some orders. What a name, though. Martha Stewart. Take some orders. Oh my god. Okay. I'm but, just, you know, that's what happens right. when your husband knows right. the head of Crown Publishing. You just get offered a cookbook deal. Right. Normal. So basically, she's just like taking advantage of literally every opportunity she's had in her life, which and you can't be mad that? at. Right. You can't be mad at it. You can't yeah. be mad at it. So that's how she got her first cookbook. Um, and it featured recipes and photos from the parties that she's hosted. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was called Entertaining, which came out December 13th, 1982. But apparently it was ghostwritten by Elizabeth Hawes or something. What? So she didn't, like, write it, write it. But I'm sure, like, the recipes were, like, her own. She just didn't write it. She's a model, stockbroker, hostess, cook extraordinaire. She can't also be she a writer. She can't do it all. Yeah, we're all human. Not even, even Martha, Martha Stewart. Stewart. Even Martha Stewart has kryptonite, and it's writing. <laughs> Clearly. Clearly. <laughs> Get hilarious. So she's got her cookbook. Was there scandal when it was found out she was it was ghostwritten, or was it kind of just like, all right, cool. no, I think just ghostwriting happens. Like I think the the recipes were her own. She just right. like didn't. It's not you don't always know how to put things together just because you like have recipes and shit. I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. Says every person trying to write a cookbook ever. Yeah, exactly. There you go. Uh, following entertaining success, she released some more books. Um, oh. Martha Stewart's Quick Cook. Martha Stewart's orders. Mm-hmm. Martha Stewart's pies and tarts. 
weddings. Martha Stewart's hors d'oeuvres. Martha Stewart's hors d'oeuvres. <laughs> weddings. The wedding planner. Martha Stewart's quick cook menus. Yes. And Martha Stewart's Christmas. I adore that she's not, I mean, like, she's not really, like, a household name, but she just starts slapping her name on shit. Like, that's At like if I just point, came yes. out with, like, a book and was like, Hannah Hartzler's Guide to Being a Human. But wouldn't that, if Hannah you named... Hartzler's this and this. If you named a book that, if I saw that, I'd be like, oh, Hannah Hartzler must be an important person. No, no, no I agree. But, like, right. that's, at this, like, it's not like she is. Right. She basically just started and was like, I am Martha Stewart. She just, she knew I am a brand. from the get-go that she was her own brand. I am Martha you Stewart. To, you have to act like you are already your own brand. Right. And Which then people what will I be like... Do. Everyone right. should be Martha Stewart. You have Except to for the channel bad stuff that you're gonna tell me coming exactly. up soon. <laughs> you have to channel that Martha Stewart slap my name on energy. <gasps> Martha Stewart is literally big dick energy. She is big. Oh, she is big dick. Big dick energy. Martha Stewart is the human embodiment of BDE. She really is. Martha Stewart is big dick energy. Holy fuck! I love it. Wow. I love it. So many breakthroughs. She and she's also a goals crush. She is a goals crush. Hashtag goals crush. Hashtag goals goal crush, crush on goal crush on Martha Stewart. Because it sounds like it sounds like Gru saying girls, 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 girls. One of my favorite memes lately of like people putting. Did you see this? People putting Gru on different things and saying girls. No way. Oh my god. Why have you seen it? That's weird. okay. I haven't seen it. Um, and of course, those, that's not all the books she did. There's still right. others. Uh, and during this time, she also authored dozens of newspaper columns, magazine articles, and other pieces of home, other pieces on homemaking, and made numerous television appearances on programs such as the Oprah Winfrey Show and Larry King Live. We both talked about Oprah. We did. Oh, wait, that Oprah, was on the vibrator one. But still, like Oprah clearly is like a component to success like if you were talked about on oprah you probably are successful it's like being covered by a weird owl song exactly oprah is a talk show host equivalent of weird owl (laughs) yeah exactly yep Mm -hmm. that's what we'll boil her down to that's not offensive at all uh we can do an entire episode about oprah we should just do like a joint oprah dedication episode (laughs) one of these days maybe for her birthday Maybe for her birthday. <laughs> it's our special birthday present to Oprah. Because uh, we're birthday, so Oprah. influential and big. Welcome to the podcast. Happy birthday, Oprah. Welcome. And then she's here. <laughs> Oprah's here. Oprah's special. She'll be like, I'm here. That's what she'll say. <laughs> I'm sure she loves being just, actually, she's fucking Oprah. I don't I think she gives Oprah. a fuck. No, probably not. Um, but then Martha and her Stewart divorced in 1990. Oh, no. Uh, but then, don't worry, in 1990 also came Martha Stewart Living, her magazine. Uh, she was editor-in-chief, and in 1993, she began a weekly half-hour service program based on her magazine, which then wa- went from weekly to weekdays. And then in 1997, went to a full hour. And then in 1999... We're still at a full hour every day, but then a half hours on the weekends. Damn. So we're getting Martha seven days a week. Shit. I did not know that. Right. Seven fucking days a week. Um, all Martha all the time. All Martha every day. <laughs> then she became a frequent contributor to the Today Show, the early show. She starred in like her own holiday specials. She was on the cover of New York Magazine, and they declared her the definitive American woman of our time. Uh, in 1997, she bought the rights. Basically, she just bought the rights to everything with her name on it. 
and started her own company. So, like, now she really is her own brand. Mm-hmm. She started Martha Stewart Living Living Omnimedia, where she wow. served, yep, just big dick energy all over the place. She served as chairman, president, and CEO. That's busy lady. She, did. she announced um, in Martha Stewart Living, her magazine, the launch of a companion website and a catalog business called Martha by Mail. And the company also just randomly had a direct-to-consumer floral business. So she just also was like, and here's some flowers. Of course. Uh, obviously. Obviously. Then why not at that point? Why not just sell flowers? Um, and then in October 19th, 1999, her company went public. And this is, this is important. Um, according to Investopedia, going public refers to a private company's initial public offering thus becoming a publicly traded and owned entity. Businesses usually go public to raise capital in hopes of expanding. Venture capitalists may use IPOs as an exit strategy or a way of getting out of their investment in a company. Um, I don't know why a company wouldn't be public because I don't understand stock and shit like that. Mm -hmm. But basically, she started at $18 per share, then raised to $38 by the end of the trading, whatever. Um, My this favorite part of this is when we have to start talking about things that we have no idea about, but it's pertinent to the person. Exactly. So we're like, uh, the shares. This, like, stuff. This stuff Stops. happened. It's important. Um, but this made Martha Stewart a billionaire on paper and the first female self-made billionaire, the actual self-made billionaire in Shade. the U.S. Well, it's just like... She's she started done did it before fucking right. Kylie. <laughs> she done did it. She actually done did it. She made herself a brand. Like she just started slapping her name on everything. The stock price slowly went down to sixteen dollars per share by February two thousand two, um, but she was then and also continues to be the the majority shareholder. She commands ninety six percent control of voting power in the company. So she's still like this is still my shit. I will just also take your money. Yeah, that's what I'm gathering from all of that talk. Um, And then in 2001, this is where things start to get sketchy with the stock market. She was accused of insider trading. I know what that is, sort of. Um, Well, I'll tell you. Please do, because I don't know it well. (laughs) I know what that is, sort of. Actually, tell me. I don't know what I don't know anything about it. Tell me everything. (laughs) Um, So it's where an individual buys or sells stocks by using non-public information given to them by people of a company. By the people it, like in the company. So right. insider trading is illegal and is considered a serious offense. So basically you could hear that a stock is going to plummet mm-hmm. and that information isn't like out into the world. You just like hear it through the grapevine basically. Right. Um, so then you're like, you use that privileged information basically to either like sell or like buy, like just to not lose money. Right. And... But then everybody else loses money because they didn't have that information. Right. So you just like heard it. it and was like, mm, right. Okay. So Martha invested. That's my re- my exact reaction when I hear anything about stocks is right. Okay. Mm, mm, <laughs> mm, okay. Uh, so she invested in a company called I'm Clone, which made cancer treatment drugs, and their latest one at that time did not get approved by the FDA. Okay. So when that happened. Um, when this happens to medical companies in general, their stocks take just like a huge drive. It's like, it's not approved. Right. Nobody's going to be able to use it. You're going to lose money. So one of the doctors that worked on this drug told his friends and family to sell their stocks. He was like, fuck, I heard about this. 
get out of it now. Cool. That's a great thing to do. Good, good, good. Exactly. Cool, cool, cool. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, And then he told her stockbroker, and then her stockbroker told Martha, which is why she sold. And what I read was she sold her $200,000 share, which is a lot of money, but if you're a billionaire... You really, really risked your your career and all your money for two hundred thousand dollars. I mean, and like I could not. Maybe I'm not so understanding. If she, hadn't, if she hadn't sold it, she would have lost two hundred thousand dollars from my very minimal. You need an expert understanding. <laughs> maybe she had maybe I having two hundred thousand. Right to me. Right, because she had two hundred thousand dollars in shares, but maybe she would have lost more. I don't know. I, don't I would know. like to make a point to call out our. High school education. Right. We and have, it's lack of We know nothing politics, about stocks. Or stocks. <laughs> we should have learned more about stock trading. Economics? Economics. Oh, but I liked my our econ teacher. <laughs> I did. I don't remember what we learned. That I remember watching a video about pink slime from Taco Bell and the blue jeans. I remember watching that one movie with Eddie Murphy where they like switch places or something. There's something to do with stocks. Yeah. yeah. That's a thing. Do you know what movie? Uh, <laughs> I think it's Eddie Murphy. He like is from. He's like from a. They like find him on the street or something, and then they like turn him into like a stockbroker. I don't I swear know. to God, Mr. Cole showed us this. There's not a whole lot I remember about the actual education I received in high school. Same. So that just. Goes but you graduated with honors from not from high school. College. Yeah, where it really mm-hmm. matters. I don't know graduating with honors from high school. Literally everybody Fuck but off. me. I don't have honors I in high school. I remember looking at the pamphlet and people had asterisks next to their name when they graduated with honors and there was only like 10 people that didn't and I was one of the people that did not graduate with honors. I'm like 99% sure I didn't graduate with honors. There's no way. My mom is such a hoarder. I bet you I could find the high school graduation pamphlet. You find it and if I graduated with honors, I will buy you... A shot. Okay. I don't, I don't like shots, but all right. I will buy you a tasty drink. Okay, good. Good, 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 good. Cool, cool, cool. Um, <laughs> all right, so Hannah and Marissa understand stocks. There we go. Yeah. This Actually, this is a stockbroker podcast where we give yeah. you Spoiled tips. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. We're really we're This is really all good. about insider trading. All about insider trading. We're telling you to invest in Weird Al right a now. deep dive. Okay. So from my very minimal, not smart understanding... She risked it all for $200,000. Um, Seems dumb. Mm-hmm. And her stockbroker was indicted a year and a half after this. So people started to question if Martha Stewart was involved because obviously she sold well, her stock. Well, it sounds like, I mean, it sounds like she was told by whoever is in charge, if her stockbroker is telling her that maybe she should not sell. That she should sell. That she should sell. I mean, aren't that what stockbrokers are for to tell us what right, to do? Right, and she maintains her innocence. She's, I'm not trying to defend her. Right. I'm just really trying to understand is that right? What aren't we supposed to, what, we supposed to listen to our stockbroker? <laughs> so but maybe really, he should be the one in trouble, and the guy that was like telling all his friends and family to right. sell this shit. And they both are, but I think people okay, thought good. like, how did he convince you to sell? If I was. I mean, I don't know anything about stocks, but I feel like if I had hired someone and I'm this multi-millionaire person and my stockbroker who's in charge of my stocks comes in and is like, hey, sell these stocks, I'm just going to be like, whip my signature on right. it and be like, exactly. well, whatever, buy bigger things to handle. I'm Martha Stewart. Right. But I feel like Martha Stewart is a smart woman and is already in charge. I'm not a smart woman? No! <laughs> I'm saying you're not Martha Stewart. Fuck you, I am Martha. St- no, I don't. No, 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 no. I anyway. totally understand. Like, right. you would assume that she has more, um, 
not she was a stockbroker. That's true. Right. That's she valid, was a stockbroker. Um, so, but then what made her look even more sketchy is she stepped down from the stock exchange board of directors and as the CEO of Martha Stewart Living. Um, and then she was arrested in June 2003 and taken to court that following January. Right. This part I remember. I remember her being in Right. I remember trouble. the kerfuffle of it all. <laughs> I remember, the I remember Martha's kerfuffle. Yes. Um, she was convicted of obstruction of justice, securities fraud, and then other lesser crimes. She got a five-month prison sentence and five months of house arrest, and then two years of probation after that. Um, and then, yep, she maintained her in innocence that entire time. But prison was super fucking easy for her, and her job was to be a go-between for inmates and prison guards to improve relations. Cute. And she Martha Stewarted the shit out of everybody there. She just, like, I'm did sure her Martha Stewart thing. That was a fucking Martha Stewart prison brought to you by Martha right. Stewart. No, Martha like, Stewart's prison. She, like, kicked prison's ass, basically. I mean, it was a white-collar prison, too. Right. She's not, like, spending time with murderers. Her upcoming book is called Martha Stewart's Prison. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and when then once she was released, she just went right back to being Martha Stewart. Like, right. nothing happened. Like, everything was this. fine. Everything was fine. She kept doing TV. She kept writing books. She got a deal with either Walmart or Kmart. I, can't, I read one site was Walmart. One site was Kmart. Um, she, like, did not suffer at all from the prisons outside of the court stuff. She suffered not. Her corporation did not suffer at all, and they were actually excited to have her back. And business is thriving. Welcome back, bitch! And that's what being a white woman... I was gonna say, powerful, are we gonna address the fact that she's white as shit? Oh, we're addressing <laughs> it, baby, because this would not happen if she no. was anything other than no, white. Nope. Uh, in 2008, uh, this is where Snoop Dogg comes in. Oh, Snoop diggity dog. Snoopy Snoop. Uh, Snoop was a guest on her show called Martha. He came to help make some mashed potatoes, and they had an instant chemistry. They <laughs> literally were instantly friends. Um, she said of their friendship, I've learned new, a new vocabulary. I have a little dictionary. I might actually write the dictionary. It's all those shizzles and everything else. Oh my god! Martha Stewart's dictionary. Martha, literally. Slang dictionary. Um, he's been on the show, like, a couple times. He made some green brownies. Um, and then he said their friendship works because she lets me do me and accepts me for who I am. She doesn't try to change me. Which is, that is super fucking sweet. Genuinely adorable. That's super sweet. They just have like a beautiful friendship. Um, but their friendship really flourished after the 2015 roast of Justin Bieber, which I did watch mm -hmm. and Martha Stewart was on it. She's and her jokes hilarious. were funny, but I, I don't think she wrote them. The way oh, that she... Oh, no. Most people on the roast, I feel like... I mean, when they have people that aren't comedians right. come on, they don't. They don't. I don't think they write their jokes. Still funny. Some of them can't even deliver it, though, and it's not funny and it's just awkward. Martha did a good job. Martha great. I've seen Martha's that. Great. Mm -hmm. I watched it in real time. I did not. Mm -hmm. I watched it at a later date. Mm. Um, but then in November 2016, they sh they started a show called Martha and Snoop's Potluck Dinner Party. That's what I was referring to! Yep, on VH1. <laughs> Another one of Liz's favorite shows. Shut up, really? She fucking records it every day. Oh my god, or every time it's on. Um, so it's a primetime variety and cooking show. On every program, on every episode of the program, the two media moguls slash ex-cons cook a meal and make drinks for a series of surprise celebrity guests. Also, just, just so everyone's aware, Snoop does not have a felony. Martha has a felony. Snoop Dogg <laughs> does not have a felony. So we're just going to make that real clear right now. Um, Snoop is always high on the show, and Martha does not smoke, but, he's, but Martha says... Uh, Martha says... He is not incompetent or incoherent at all. 
and while they're on set, and that's just the way he lives his life. Fucking he, yeah, bro. Exactly, and he's also always drunk. Casual. <laughs> he said, every episode I was drunk. The lines become much more easier. The flow becomes natural. It's more relaxing. You're not doing a job. You're just having fun. Right. Yeah. His friend Martha are just fucking having it's a party. It's literally just... a party. Exi- no, Have you ever seen it? No, but it's I want really to. Good. I it's want really to. good. I want to. They're just, like, super silly on set. They jumped out of a giant cake together mm-hmm. once, like... And Martha's having a good time, too. Uh, she became really good friends with Rick Ross. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and she says that they're email buddies. Oh, my God. Martha and Rick Ross, they're email pals. Or it was email pals. That's what they are. Email pals. Um... And then just randomly, like, for some reason, back in May, Trump said he was going to pardon Martha of her crimes. And Martha was like, I didn't fucking ask. Right. Like, <laughs> I didn't, like, I, I, he makes me angry, so I didn't dive what? too much into this one particular issue, even mm-hmm. though, like, trust me, I'm aware of things. I just, this was one thing that I was like, I can't just, like, add extra anger <laughs> to my life right now. But I do know that she was a contestant on The Apprentice. So, and he's also considering waiving other apprentice crime people from the apprentice's crimes as well. The president of the United States. This is what's really important. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said, Martha Stewart never would have gone to jail if she hadn't lied during her testimony. I literally feel like Martha's like, get my name out of right. here. Right. Uh, or no, this was his. That was his lawyer, Rudy Giuliani. And then Giuliani said on CNN earlier this month, lying isn't black and white. Yeah, sweetie, it actually is. But oh, okay. Um, God. And it should be noted that she voted for Hillary. <laughs> it saying. should be noted. It should be noted she voted for Hillary. Um, on a more fun note, though, she made a sandwich, or she made a song Sorry, out I of. I want a sandwich. Yeah. Whatever that is. <laughs> oh, you said sandwich. How else are you supposed to say it? Sandwich? Sandwich? Say it again. Sandwich. Do you have a cold? No. <laughs> Sandwich. Let's call it Sammy. You literally say it like there's like a DGE in there. <laughs> sandwich. Sandwich. I got old Sandy. Oh my god. Okay, yeah, you're only allowed to say Sammy for now. <laughs> we, will, we will never say that word again. Um, anyway, she made a song out of it by sandwich. using auto tune because T Pain was on their show. Wait, she made a song out of what? A sandwich? Just the steps to make a specific sandwich. Oh. Yeah, she was just like, she described how to make the sandwich, and T-Pain gave her, like, a microphone with his auto-tune yeah. set to it, and then it, she just, she, like, Snoop was like, no, you have to, like, sing What's it. On the sing show? as you're doing it. Yeah. Hell yeah. I and did not see this episode. I, I watched the video. Um, they just had her sing the steps, and then put it to auto-tune. Beautiful. Yeah. Music. Art. She's a woman of many talents. Some fraudulent. <laughs> but talent but nonetheless. All- Celebrate. Um, so Martha's just out here living her best life, and I can't say that I hate it. I'm. I love her. I kind of love her. She's like. I can't say that I wouldn't sell my shit if I knew it was gonna plummet. Like. Right. I mean, whatever. Yeah, that's Martha. Insider too. training. Everyone who does it. Everybody does insider <laughs> trading. Like, don't we all? Don't we all? I mean, really, are isn't gossip just insider trading in itself? We all participated in insider trading. It's just not always with stocks. That was like some deep shit there, It was some deep shit. went real deep there. (laughs) It was some deep shit. Um, But yeah, that's what I have. Yes. Hell yes. So this episode was Weird Al and Martha Stewart. Martha Stewart. 
A combo I never knew I needed. It is a combo we never knew we needed. But I love it. Yeah, that wraps that up. Good job. Good job, everybody. Bye. 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 <laughs> is that funny? That's funny. <laughs> okay.